welcome to episode number 42 of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff. Marcus. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. All things considered. Have a good weekend. Uh, yeah, busy. Mm-hmm. Busy. Yeah. So got some stuff done. Yeah. It wasn't quite as crushingly cold. So nice. Well, and you and your family came over to our place. That That's was, right. And I got to uh, experiment on you with my slow cooking skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a very short recipe. It just turned out to be very complicated. It was, uh, it was quite tasty. <laughs> and uh, I figured it took you a while to clean up the kitchen. Wife, well, I, didn't do, I didn't do that. Oh, I see. That's the deal usually is if I cook, she cleans. <laughs> Although she no just wonder she me, was agitated she about it. She calls me Hurricane Mark. Yeah. I can see why she's upset now. What are you chewing on there? Oh, it's this beautiful muffin that you bought <laughs> from, uh, is it, did you say the Mill Creek? Mill Creek Cafe. The Mill Creek Cafe. Yeah. So it's a blueberry muffin. Yeah. It, uh, of, uh, of some, uh, of some august repute. <laughs> yeah. I have one too that is a, Rhubarb almond muffin. Mm. That was the wrong time to take a bite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. So, uh, yeah, here we are in we uh, have- March. And uh, I don't know. I have this impending sense of doom. Of, well, uh, no nuclear war yet. Well, that's right, actually. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems positive good and i don't i don't think the chinese are gonna gamble everything on helping out the russians i think that would be i mean it certainly would be news but i mean that would be like whoa well yesterday apparently they told the u.s they would be supporting really yeah but uh how much is unclear and europe still they They, can't turn the taps off they gotta walk that very fine line i don't know how they're transferring money between europe and russia but uh I don't know. they're buying Probably oil mean. and gas well they're stuck they are although i've seen some very interesting articles here in good old alberta where the surface reaction has been you know the usual woohoo but like max fawcett was wrote a good part about and a few other people this is actually likely going to be an accelerant of the demise of uh, fossil, fossil fuel. fuels because the europeans are they're going to try and move away because they well, don't want to be dependent. No more stark realization than, oops, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, this is not uh, this is not long term sustainable. So, yeah, anyhow, but you're right, no nuclear war, and so far, there's inklings of a next next wave of COVID, you know, in Europe and uh, even I think out east it's starting, but so far, I heard I heard a suggestion that perhaps the next wave is being called Delta Cron. Ooh, so it's a cool sounding name. It does. From the planet Delta Cron. <laughs> ah, so if a variant's going to kill you, this is the one to go for. <laughs> we thought it was dead, yeah. but of ri- rising from the ashes. Well, I haven't heard if the, uh, it's the BA, BA2, it's a variant of Omicron. I haven't heard, I know it's apparently quite uh, uh, transmissible, but I haven't really heard, nor have I actively looked because I think I've just had enough for now as to how virulent, like how, how dangerous it is. You well, know? my understanding is it's very similar. Right. The, um, I've heard a lot of triple vax people are susceptible to getting it. And uh, again, if you've got well, I think that comorbidities, you might be in trouble. So my booster time. My understanding is that it is, um, it's getting towards measles. So measles is crazy in terms of its transmissibility. Mm-hmm. Like if you get a, a room in a room with somebody with measles, like if you're, there's a hundred of you, 40 of you will come out with measles. It's wow. crazy. Um, so, so it has an R value of 38 or 40. Wow. Like it's way up there. Um, Just in time for re- reducing all of the restrictions. See, the thing that worries me is if it does hit, is people are going to lose their minds. If they have to right? put masks on. Well, yeah, it's trying to shove the genie back in the bottle. Right? Well, I wonder if the transmissibility is part of, because you've got all kinds of jurisdictions from all kinds of political stripes that are dropping the mask mandates. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it has to do with the fact that transmissibility is making the masks less effective and the idea of uh, uh, tracing, uh, what do they call it? Um, Contact tracing? Contact tracing, uh, just not 
particularly viable or useful. So oh, could be. And, yeah, and, you know, we but have... they don't really want to talk about it in those terms. But but that may very well be what it mm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what Bumble's. Uh, sorry, our premier was uh, <laughs> alluding to when he said something along the lines of the difference between someone who's vaccinated and unvaccinated is is basically meaningless now. And I was like, wow, that's quite the statement. But I think he may have been trying to express it is so virulent that certainly so, mass so, or so uh, transmissible. I, I transmissible. Don't, yeah, because yeah. I think the virulence is is pretty much stuck on the unvaccinated yeah. and the low vaccinated. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. So our coffee today. Ooh, yes. Is another pour over a Chemex. Yep. I miscalculated quantities, so we're a little shorter today, but... Mm. Uh, it's nice and smooth, though. It is Brazilian. I quite like it. It is Brazilian. Yeah, velvety. It is from Calgary, a roaster called Rosso Coffee Roasters out of Calgary. Mm. Um, this is called Turning Point. Mm. It's supposed to have uh, tasting notes of dark chocolate, mixed nuts, and and smooth. I don't know what smooth tastes like, but apparently this is smooth. <laughs> um <laughs> I think uh, it's supposed to be very full-bodied with lots of lower tones, a classic Brazilian. Um, says uh, Paul Stevens, head roaster of Rosso Coffee Roasters out of Calgary. There are These are walnut and chocolate notes, which is always a great trait in a cup. Yeah, Coffee's from this nice. origin always have a nice full body with no unusual flavors popping out that people might not want. So anyway, yeah, it's nice. It's really good. So when uh, they roast coffee, I don't know if you know this or not. I don't. I'm wondering. Do they? Is it like a a, a brewing of beer where you let's say different woods to roast it with, or um, will that impact it? Or is it more just the temperature that you roast it at? How long? It's two parts. One is um, when they pick the coffee cherry, mm. the process that they use to get the fruit off of the seed mm -hmm. that has a dramatic effect on the flavor profile. Okay. So that they have these natural flavors, um, washed, um, there's all mm -hmm. these different processes. So the right. process itself affects it. And then, the with the roasting, it's mostly a temperature profile, how long and how hot and how, how long. Yeah. Right. How, how Interesting. Long. Okay. So, um, so with wine, it would be more, um, you know, what, it, what kind of wood they aged it in, if they aged it in barrels um, or stainless steel. So, so a lot of, uh, a lot of white wines are done in stainless steel, give yep. it that crisp flavor. <clears throat> and, um, and with wine, like the difference between corked and caps. So it's interesting because with wine, if you were making a product and you knew that between three and 5% of your product would be ruined by your manufacturing process would mm. you continue to use that manufacturing process three to five percent i guess it depends on the margin ruined ruined yeah i guess it would depend on the margin on the other 90, you could, 97 percent right? but that you can for less money eliminate the problem well though then probably not <laughs> so so the stelvin cap or any kind of caps it does two things with wine bottles. It actually stops any aging. Right. So when you have cork, there's a little tiny bit of air that gets yeah. in and it causes it to age. But between 3 and 5%, I think it is, um, are tainted with like, a, a, um, there's like a, I can't remember if it's a mold or a bacteria that's actually in the cork and it actually right. ruins the wine. Sure. So you get none of that when you use caps. Right. It's just not as appealing. You don't get that. When sure. You, when you pop a well, bottle I think of the, wine. And yeah, I think the Stelvin is still associated in some people's minds with, with sort of cheaper... Cheaper quality. Yeah. So, but that's changing. So, interesting. Anyway. Um, cool. You have a dad joke for us? I do. Okay. What did the fatigued bicycle say? The fatigued bicycle. I'm too tired. I'm too tired. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I have a <laughs> it's silly. It's terrible. I have an old it's a little long and this is actually a dad joke a joke that my dad used to tell so oh. 
Yeah, no, no. There's a so whole bunch. So it's got of, a it's got a good pedigree. There's a whole bunch of them that I would not tell, but this one I think is, I think is okay. It might be a little bit on PC. So this is a better than the dictaphone. I still like that. <laughs> so there's this big burly gentleman who has a uh, uh, he he's got a speech problem. He cannot speak. So again, this where it's a little bit edgy, but but anyhow, it's not about making fun of that condition. It's just, it is what it is. So he's been going to different speech therapists, speech pathologists for, you know, lots of years and uh, nobody's had any success. And then one day he hears about some guy on the internet. I'm updating the joke. Obviously my dad told us there's no internet, right? Who is uh, purporting to have this miracle cure, right? So the guy's like thinking to himself, wow, okay. That's probably worth a try. So he goes and sees this guy and, uh, you know, clinic. And the guy shows him into the treatment room and he says, okay, you know, please sit on this bed, take off your shirt and I'll be right back. So the guy sits down, takes off his shirt, sitting there. Doctor leaves. Doctor sneaks in around, comes in from another door and he hits the guy right between the shoulder blades with the sledgehammer. <laughs> Boom. And the guy goes, hey. And the doctor goes, great. Next week, we'll work on the letter B. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I got a risky joke. A risque, a risque? risque joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Woman goes, no wonder we had more downloads. <laughs> <laughs> woman goes to the dermatologist and says, oh, yeah? my husband is having a real problem with dandruff. Like, do you have any advice? Doctor says, well, you know, it's no problem. Just. To give him some head and shoulders and she just looked at him quizzically and says hmm i understand when but how do you do shoulders <laughs> uh, okay but we'll do a boom yeah right on maybe we'll do a special episode or it's just an hour of these, these zingers jokes. yeah the, the, so what'd you learn this week so what, two things i learned two things week. well i i learned many things but right Two things there are things that are more interesting that I learned than less interesting, I okay. suppose. Uh, well, and my wife says I'm an information junkie, so I just kind of collect I believe it. Um, I saw a video about um, the Galileo moons. So um, actually, it's more than one video, but it's from this, from this guy called Astrum. We'll put the link in the Facebook page. Yep. Um, but uh, so the Galileo moons are the four largest moons that circle Jupiter. Right. They are Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. Oh, yeah. And um, they are fascinating. And three of them are tidally locked. That means that their, um, their rotation and their orbit are synced to one another. So they're like multiples of each other. Oh, interesting. So, and, um, and Io in particular is like this, is... is um, it is compressed by when they synchronize when they when they align mm -hmm. so so much so that the um uh it's it, i mean they're all roughly the same size as uh as our moon okay but when it uh, gets to this tidally locked there is a variation in the poles in the equator of about 100 meters as a result of the gravitational pull of the other moons like it's it's crazy Wow. So like it squishes by a hundred meters on each pole and it expands. expands. By, That's uh, crazy. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. So it has auroras. It's the only moon with auroras. Oh, wow. Um, it has, um, it is volcanically, volcanically active Yep. and it spews so much stuff that it actually has this little cloud that follows it in its, in its orbit. Interesting. Yeah. So, and in fact it goes, so Jupiter has like a massive magnetic field, like right. unbelievably huge. And uh, it has this thing called a, a flux tube that actually connects to the poles of Io. And there's like charged particles flowing to the, the pole or cap of Jupiter and out the other end into Io. Like, like it's like a giant circuit. It is. It's an electrical circuit. Wow. So it's amazing. It's, so it's quite something. Where did you learn all this? This video from yeah. Astro. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's always got space. Uh, the other thing is uh, I've spent a bunch of time. I've been in a lot of Zoom calls. And the uh, uh, thing that drives me nuts is because I'm a photographer, I'm really focused on lighting and appearance. And it drives me nuts when my lighting sucks. Mm. So I'm in the process. So I've been, I was researching what kind of, I'm, I'm getting a, a little, so all you need is a little light that faces you that, uh, that's fairly large and not harsh. Right. Um, so I have, I have one on route. Oh yeah. I've done a bunch of research to try it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. Let to, me know. Cause I, I've been struggling with that too. So I have a, an LC LED light that I bought like a three point lighting system. I, I have like yours, the old traditional one, cheap amateur set. Right. But, but I also then bought last year, a three point lighting with led. Yeah. And, uh, it's better. Well, it's a lot easier to set up like by, by far. So I'm just experimenting with, with positioning. Cause I bought a new webcam cause my old Mac, it's a 2015. So the webcam on it is pretty crappy. So I bought a new webcam, you know, 1080p and, and all that but yeah i'm just trying to figure out not to have that washed out look or or uh too dark or yeah well the two things you need i hear these ring lights are pretty good ring lights are not bad the big issue is that you have enough light that it's super soft yeah and that it uh uh that you have control over the temperature so uh if you don't have control over the temperature you're either going to look like a pumpkin, like orange, <laughs> or you're going to look like you're in shade. So, yeah, yeah. so it, uh, it's super, yeah, a lot of people will, um, because, I mean, the, t the, the monitor, your monitor will glow. So people think, right. I don't need any more light. No, no. That's but not. that's totally incorrect. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And the other thing is making yeah. sure that the camera is high enough and not, uh, and you're not staring at look like you're you know so that the camera is shooting up your nose <laughs> well this is why i bought the the webcam because i was using my iphone on a on a tripod but it was always off center right mm -hmm. because it's trying to see the screen and i realized it was it was substantially whereas i was never looking into the camera like always about 15 degrees off and i'm like well and i would remember well, i think i to look at the camera as opposed to looking at the screen but then i can't see the people i'm talking to i was just like this is stupid well that's why casey neistat <clears throat> uses uh i told you this before right that's why he wears sunglasses who so casey neistat is a, a a youtuber from way back he's been he's super famous he's made lots and lots of money okay he was like a vlogger before so, so he wears them so people can't see his eyes yeah, so what okay. happens, especially with when you're using like a camera, yeah. like a like a proper camera, a lot of them will have a flip out screen. Right. So if you um, look at the screen to see how you've composed your image and see how you're doing, you can't look into the lens. The lens. Right. But you need to be able to look into the lens. Sure. So a long time ago, he figured out that best thing to do is wear a pair of sunglasses. So he wears this. <laughs> he's got like these. Sunglasses are really weird. They're these Ray-Bans that have been spray paint and then cleaned up on the lenses. Okay. So they got this like white spray paint edges on it. Like it's 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 a bit weird. Okay. Okay. From an aesthetic, but, period, I don't quite get it. Not but, for your average. Uh, but it's why business-minded YouTuber though. No, right? but but fundamentally, <clears throat> it makes it look like he's always looking at the the, the lens. Wow. Um, and because you can't actually see that little tiny discrepancy. Like I notice the discrepancy when, when you're, when I'm on a YouTube call. Sure. And uh, the person I'm listening to is not in the center of my camera. I'm looking to one right. side. It drives me, that yeah. drives me up the freaking wall. I saw uh, NVIDIA had their uh, corporate video, you know, product. All It's like a 45 minute thing. And one of the things they had was both a simultaneous translation, but also it was a, a an AI rendering of your eyes. So they were showing the demonstration. So the woman is reading off a page, but it it captures her eyes and then re superimposes them in the right spot. In the right spot, and then they blink and all that. So that if you even if you look away, and it was pretty damn good. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't know that they were doing that, you probably wouldn't pick up on it. So, but yeah. Well, fundamentally, enough. what you ideally want is the camera to be in the middle of your screen. Yeah. And then the well, person right. you're talking to in the middle of the screen, exactly. which is the same spot. Right. It doesn't work that way. No, no. Um, and that's why I guess TV cameras, they just, they're just staring at the lens and they, you don't have that two-way 
two-way interaction right if you're the well in fact i did a talking i did a uh i did a video project for a friend of mine and um needed to interview two people right yeah yeah and there's the classic way where you basically have two cameras uh they're sitting opposite each other one is pointing at one and the other is pointing at the other sure slightly Um, off center so you don't see it yeah. yeah, but um, I didn't. I only had one camera, right? So I actually just interviewed both and then cut them together. Sure. So then they're both looking at me. Right. It worked out great. Excellent. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know, it's not a not uh, a piece of Oscar worthy, award winning filmmaking. That's for sure. That's <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's uh, way more information than there you go. Think. Well, I only got one thing, um, but it's pretty powerful. So I've been working on. Uh, marketing mm-hmm. and marketing has been something that I think for a lot of service providers, I mean, it goes back to the days of when I did some work for you guys in engineering and um, when well, you just got some sort of accreditation in this. I just got this uh, HubSpot content marketing uh, thing. I wrote the exam yesterday. <laughs> I didn't study for it. You had to get 45 out of 60 or you had to wait 12 hours and I was going to study and I'm like, ah, what the hell? So I did it. 45 out of 60. Woohoo. Done. Boom. Gone. <laughs> Good enough. But this is a book. Um, it's called The Marketer's Philosopher. So what and you're really saying is don't cram for for for, asset, for uh, Yeah, for just take, if you can do it again, just write it. Don't worry about it. I mean, I wouldn't do that at school. This is a very interesting book. It's by a guy named Flint McLaughlin. He actually has a, a podcast. This book was never published. So I somehow acquired this. That is a very old looking. It might have been. Yeah, it's not an old book. It, I might have acquired this at like uh, Value Village or something. It's a pre-release draft, copy number 547. Really? Yeah. So it's not a, a published book. It's he obviously a, gave it to somebody. It's autographed. And they probably just went, I don't want this anymore. They'll put it at Goodwill. And then I picked it up. <laughs> and what's it called? It's called uh, The Marketer is Philosopher. But here... If I had known this years ago, so I was going through and and there's something they called the buyer persona and the buyer's journey. And I remembered this book and I went, Ooh, I think the guy talks about it, but here's this. This is amazing. Why has it got a big 11 on the back? Uh, That's because I have a, 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 I categorize books by category. (laughs) So marketing is category 11. I'm impressed. Uh, So this is the, the problem necessarily precedes the solution. The truth of our value proposition is of no consequence unless it connects with the desires of the customer. Um, so a lot of us, I think, particularly if you're a technical person, you know, <laughs> you get a bunch of people in the room. It's like, well, here's this solution. And we have all this knowledge and we, we fail to appreciate this, this basic truth. Um, you cannot solve a problem that does not exist. And existence in this case is a matter of perception. Uh, the value of the value, the value of the value proposition exists only in the mind of the right prospect. Never present the solution before the problem. Mm. And then he talks at the end here about how most marketers try to appeal to needs. This is the most powerful um, line I have ever read. Like I said, I, I wish I'd known this 10 years ago. Unless the prospect wants what the prospect needs, then what the prospect needs is practically irrelevant. <laughs> it's true. And if you think about how if many you're times... you're not aware that you need something... Well, not only need it, because to me, uh, one of the analogies that I think always plays a little bit in consultants is that of a physician. You know, a physician who, who has a patient, and it's like the physician clearly knows and has all kinds of data that demonstrates you should lose 25 pounds, you should stop smoking. You know, there's all these life choices that, and you know, the patient sits and nods and goes, uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not like they don't believe the doctor. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. And then nothing happens. Right. And so they need probably from a, a practical point lifestyle. of view to change their lifestyle, but until they want to, yeah. or there's some impetus to want Whatever it is, like it says, the needs are irrelevant. I read this on Friday and I just about fell out of my chair. I was like, holy smokes. So I've got it printed above my computer now. And this is going to become my new mantra because it's just so simple. 
and it, it explains like all kinds of things, right? Oh, absolutely. Why people are not getting vaxxed, you know, even if, well, well that's, assuming that's... they don't believe in, in, in some of them obviously are mis misinformed, but even those who are not, they just don't want to, you cannot convince them otherwise, you know, it's, so this has just been like, <laughs> blew my mind. Well, wow, so and it was on my shelf for ten years. I wish I had. Uh... My son, uh, my son has some issues with his uh, sleep circadian rhythm. Mm. It gets really messed up, and yeah. uh, so we did a sleep study, and the sleep study really demonstrated, in very concrete terms, sure. how absolutely messed up his sleep is, and. Um, so we we talked to the the therapist uh, on ways we could improve this and what we need to do and um but from my perspective uh i'm sitting there looking at my son i'm going like until he thinks it's a problem exactly it's not a problem it's just a lot of noise yep so smoking it's everything, all right? All these like, addictive I, behaviors. Well, they know? talk about it like the first step in uh, solving a problem is recognizing the problem. Right. So, I mean, essentially, I mean, that's a kind of a, a marketing approach to exactly the same thing we see in other aspects. It's not a problem until you perceive it to be a problem. Right. And then you can do something about it. Exactly. Well, exactly. I, I always think about this. I mean, you're, you're moving into the exit uh, planning, um, uh, consulting business world and, and value value creation. Uh, yeah. I truly believe that one of the problems with that, that you're going to encounter is there's really two groups. There'll be one group that is um, in a panic, yep. trying to try and really absolutely get, too late for them. Yeah, and then you got this other group that is oblivious yep. to it not even thinking about it until they have <clears throat> some crisis of some sort and they have to go like oh well maybe i really need to think about <laughs> how am i going to fund my retirement exactly to Costa Rica? well my wife and i just had a big debate about this on friday because in the exit planning community which is really growing mm -hmm. um it's like people see this this huge pile of gold right? $10 trillion of, of wealth, a lot of baby boomers. And as I've been doing some research and some study, there's another group, which is the Gen X people yeah, and smaller our, group. Our group is Gen X. But... Turns out it seems like the Gen X people, although there's less of them are probably going to be a much more receptive audience. Partly in a big difference is the, the baby boomers really identify with their business. They are their business, their identities tied into their business. There's a whole bunch of touch points there that make it kind of difficult. Also, I think they, none of them think that they're going to die. Whereas the Gen <laughs> X people more, more, aware. more pragmatic, more jaded and see their businesses more as a, um, a, a means vehicle. to an end a vehicle. And therefore it's not quite as uh, touchy. Right. So mm -hmm. I think, but now I'm trying to, sort of validate that because it's counterintuitive because everybody's going, oh, there's like millions of these baby boomers, you know, they're all going to be needing to step out. But I think you're quite right. Most of them will probably act when it's too late. Mm -hmm. And this tsunami of, of value destruction that everybody is trying to stave, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be all these businesses that have all of this goodwill and knowledge built up and, and in a perfect world, You'd be transferring all of that, but I think a lot of it's just going to go. And because uh, if you don't, people would be like, "Well, who does want to? You know what? You have to. You have to set. Like, sorry, you have to. You have to set the table before you can yeah. have the meal. And yeah. uh, so I think a lot of times they're just like, "Okay, dinner's done. Where are the plates? We didn't bring any plates. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I thought this was so powerful. This this idea of want till somebody wants it, even if they need it, and even if they recognize that they need it. And I think this is where a lot of people bang their head. It's like, here's all this data and here's the spreadsheets and the person's nodding their head. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I could see that. And you're like, okay, so no. Exactly. <laughs> 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 they could just tell, I just don't want to. Oh, 
<laughs> well, that, this isn't even this isn't even our main topic today. No, but what is our main topic? Stupidest thing we've stupidest ever done. Stupidest thing we've ever done. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You said you had one from your youth. Well, I mean, I I asked my wife uh, as well. I said, <laughs> "So, what do you think the stupidest thing I've, thing I've ever done?" And we both zeroed in on exactly the same thing. And uh, I realized that it was something that I was quite ashamed of that I had done for quite a while. Oh dear! That I actually misrepresented to people what it was. Okay. So, um, when I was fourteen, the, the day after my fourteenth birthday. Okay. Uh, our family is on this European tour visiting. Um, so this is a big trip. My family was not wealthy. Right. We um, big trip for us. It was two months. Wow. We're That's traveling awesome. to England and to Portugal. So my dad is from England. My, right. my mom is from Portugal. We're visiting. The day after or the day the the day of or the day after i thought always thought it was the day after but it was definitely the day after my birthday um we had been in england we were uh in portugal we were on the island of madeira right my brother and i i was four- i think you told me about I, this I was, is the jump this is the jump <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a heavily terraced place because it's a very hilly very hilly island and uh, all the farming is done in these terraces, so there are these these large walls, yeah, yeah, and yeah, these yeah, cobblestone yeah. streets. Right. Anyway, my brother and I are playing commandos. Of course, we're running around pretending to shoot each other. There's just the two of us. Yeah. There's nobody else around. Anyway, uh, we're and at this wall. He would have been what, about eleven. He would have been four years younger, so he would have been 10. just turned ten. Yeah. And um, I said, okay, go jump there, and we're going to run down. I said, I'm not jumping down there. I said fine i'll go and then i jumped and i remember a couple of distinct things uh, <laughs> did you have that moment of realization well as i was going down and going it seems to be taking a long time oh. <laughs> okay and then i uh then i hit the ground and um i did something didn't feel right i tried to stand i fell over I picked up my leg and my foot was dangling under my, like I had broken oh, both bones in man. my leg just above the ankle and I started screaming. Yeah, and, I imagine so. And it was, uh, it was quite the, so my, my grandfather who was convalescing in his bed cause he had heart conditions was being visited by his, uh, his cardiologist. So my grandfather was a, um, was a family, he was a GP. Oh yeah. And, uh, so he was quite famous on the island because one one of the few doctors, right? And there's even a street named after him. Um, and this cardiologist was there, and my uncle, who was a uh, a psychiatrist, so the only person that knew how to to put a splint on my foot was the psychiatrist. Really? Yeah, the cardiologist. Was like I don't know. And anyway, it was it was. But anyway, the thing your about your grandfather it, would have known, though. But well, he was uh, he was convalescent. Well, so I didn't even realize at the time that I'd also broken my arm because it didn't hurt nearly as badly oh, as my leg. Yikes! And so I ended up having to be in a wheelchair because I couldn't use crutches because right. I'd broken, broken my arm. arm, broken leg, sure. And I absolutely yikes. ruined my parents' quite expensive trip. Sure. And. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and and for many years, I told people I fell off the wall. <laughs> that I hadn't actually jumped because I was so ashamed. Yeah, of, well, uh, of I having intentionally, well, well, intentionally jumped off the wall, not intentionally, intentionally injured yourself. Yes, not intentionally, and so it was bad because master plan. I mean, it was a, vacation. I mean, it was one of these things where you make a mistake and it's so epically bad. Yes, because like. So they set my leg crooked. Oh, so I'm in. A, uh, so I was in a lot of pain, yeah. and they got me back. We got back to England. I was in a wheelchair for a couple of weeks because there was like a couple of weeks at the end. We were in England, right? It's not. It was not at that time the most wheelchair friendly of places. No, no, I imagine. And not. Uh, my parents really struggled, and but managed. I get to school, and I'm in a. I'm in a. You know, and two casts and I go to school and then I went to uh, stand up about six weeks after because I was expecting that the bones would heal and it just felt really funny. Yeah. We went to see the doctor and the doctor says, oh, 
And, well, that's never something that you want your said, doctor to You're going say. to the hospital right now. So they sent me to, to the Misericordia Hospital. Right. They rebroke my leg oh. because it was set Under sedative, I presume. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I had massive surgery. Push you off a roof. I was, in but... the ho- I was in the hospital for a week. Yeah. Because I couldn't move. They pinned my legs oh, and then they removed the Like these were big pins. Yeah. And then they yeah, removed yeah, them yeah. and they were worried I'd have a permanent limp. Yikes. Um, the good news is they actually fixed uh, my leg. It's actually straighter than the original. <laughs> so I have well, my legs it don't still is the original. My, my right? feet don't, my, my ankles don't align properly. The oh, yeah. one actually aligns so that the kneecap and the foot are pointing in the same direction. Interesting. Yeah, my, my original leg, there's got a bit of a, bit of a, a, a wow there. Like a pigeon toe or something? Well, the other direction. Oh, so like I'm, flat is that foot? duck yeah. or I don't know. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was my stupidest thing. Wow. Should have broken both legs. It could have <laughs> straightened them both. That was very traumatic. You so the Olympics. So yeah, my wife says, you don't do a lot of stupid things. So uh, <laughs> thankfully, that is definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's actually, maybe it just burned into my brain. Right. Don't, don't jump do, off this. You know, yeah. do stupid things, win stupid prizes. Yep, exactly. Wow. Oh, that sounds painful. Yeah. Well, I broke lots of bones when I was. I broke, broke many bones when I was, it was actually the last significant break that I oh, had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Stupid things. Yeah. Well, since you, I just found out the topic earlier this morning, I really haven't had a chance to think too much. I mean, I guess I've been lucky in that there probably is a lot of stupid things I did do, but had no adverse outcomes. So I've forgotten them, <laughs> but on a different note, I suppose that 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 is a pretty defined. So stupid yeah. with stupid with bad outcomes. Bad outcomes, yeah. Um, and even this, the outcome of the thing that came to my mind is not tragic, but it's always bugged me. So maybe uh, seven eight years ago, I was looking for some some work. This is after my partnership and started stalling because of the economy, and <clears throat> and uh, I was working for a client, and they had. Uh, we'd been doing quite a bit of work together and they came to me one and they said, Oh, Hey, look, we're joining this. I know what the hell you'd call it. It was some sort of group, you know, and uh, it's kind of engineering related. Lots of, of we want to get into venture capital and funding these projects and doing all of the preliminary work. And so this is an architect was my client and they're like, you should go meet this guy. You know, he's all connected and he has these projects under, under the go. And so I went and met this guy and he was this, little old guy actually it turns out he was younger than he looked he looked really old and um you know so i'm laying out project management and all the stuff i've done and all these feasibility studies right and he's like great i think you'd be a good part of our our group i'm like wonderful now again my client is recommended so the buy-in was 10 grand uh which at the time the business wasn't doing too bad. So I was able to scrape up and I thought I'd done some due diligence and I put word out to a bunch of people I knew. Have you ever heard of this guy, this group? And nobody had heard of them, which is not as good as, yeah, I've heard of them and they're great. You know, it was like, no, I never heard of them. So I didn't hear anything negative. Uh, but you so didn't hear anything positive. I didn't hear anything either. positive either. So it turned out to be a total scam. Uh, lost the 10 grand. No work ever came out of it. But here's the thing. And this is the thing that I regret. At one point, before we signed the deal, he said, oh, uh, just, just one more thing. You've got to join this political party. you got to become a member of this, get a membership in this political party. Not the party that I support. Uh, this is a few years ago. So the party that this was no longer exists. They were amalgamated into what exists today. And that should have been like such a huge red flag because... I'm not a really political person. I am a political person in terms of paying attention, but I don't, you're not, a participant. not super active. Right. Yeah. Um, and certainly I would not have Joined. gone that way. And so it was a total abdication of my own core values. So how long was you, were you a member of the communist party? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't, it wasn't quite that extreme. Uh, <laughs> a little more mainstream. It was a little bit ma- more mainstream, but the other side of my ideological Spectrum. divide, yeah. And, um, so I lost the 10 grand, but the thing that, which, you know, is kind of like, ah, eh, it's the cost of business doing, doing business sometimes. But, um, but that's sort of, uh, uh, 
abandoning of my core values has remained like an irritant to me. It's like, that was really stupid. And sure enough, the thing fell apart. Never heard from these people. It was all just smoke and mirrors. Uh, wrote a letter. The guy tried to sue me. It was just terrible. Although I found out about a year and a half after that he had fallen and knocked one of his eyes out of his head. And I was like, holy shit. How do you knock an eye out of your head? Well, he was old and the guy's health wasn't good. So your eyes get looser. And well, no, apparently if you hit the side of your head in the right spot, you can pop your eye out of your head. And then I found out shortly after that, that he died. So karma was a bit of a thing. I felt a little bad because I, I didn't, I didn't pray for his, to knock his eye out, but I was certainly not, but those that those food. I wasn't sending the guy good voodoo, vibes. Voodoo I don't think I'm responsible dolls. for his dying. <laughs> those voodoo dolls, when you pop the pin in the right spot, yeah. the eye pops out. <laughs> exactly. This is the weirdest thing. I did not go to his funeral because I found out through the grapevine that he passed away, and I was like, "Oh yeah, how old was he? Like eighty, like eighty-five? And they were like, "No, he was he was 62 I'm like, "Holy <laughs> really? Like he looked? Oh man, I gotta bleep really something old. out again." <laughs> Maybe we just go for the explicit thing. So, yeah, abdicating my core values for a business opportunity was the biggest mistake. The one that kind of bugs me the most. But again, I think I've been lucky. Other stupid things I've done have not really had an adverse outcome. Neither did this, except, like I said, just rubs me the wrong way to this day. Should have just said, yeah, you know what? If that's the price of admission... No, no thanks, right? Exactly. And it's not just because of what party it was. I think nobody should do that. Yeah. If you're a conservative type of person and they well, want except, you to join. Except the, right now the uh, the uh, UPC has made it that you can actually buy a membership for somebody else without their, <laughs> their consent. Yeah, I know. Well, like, that's a different, that's a different thing. Like, that's just crazy. I think we should buy a bunch of memberships just so we can vote. Oh, yeah. And the new leader will be Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, what media are you consuming? I am, of course, uh, enjoying uh, The Expanse uh, still. I'm, I'm binging it to it's, a degree. It's awesome. Uh, Picard. Watched episode two of Picard yesterday and uh i enjoy oof, i enjoy boy, i enjoying good. it but i am a little bit nervous about the kind of uh what do they call it when you have the they call it procedural uh procedural tv shows where they, they always follow the same procedure ah okay yes and yeah uh, like uh like a, a csi was the classic, csi or right? law and order very the, formulaic they're, they're, and, yeah so yeah. there's this kind of thing where the same people that were key in season one are all of a sudden thrown together into yeah. uh, trying to solve, like, you know, yeah. even though they ended up in very different places in this, right. in, in this circumstance right. that they find themselves in. Yeah. Well, I think discovery has got a bit of that same problem. The, 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 uh, talk too much in discovery. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that it's, it's, what are they called? anthology no not anthologies that it's a serialized show yeah <clears throat> every year there has to be something to resolved do, right yeah whereas if they have, to uh, have a story arc uh obviously the original star trek was episodic yeah and then i think the show that really hit the nice middle ground was ds9 because it had both after yeah Every episode, not every episode but many episodes were just standalone stuff well, I and think then DS9 you had the whole is... dominion war I think DS9 was 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 the first Star Trek that actually was a lot more serialized and right. a lot less. But they didn't do it entirely. Um it was a hybrid. Well and and really the whole story kind of went over several seasons, right? right. The problem with Discovery right now from what I can tell is it's, oh what's the problem of the season? And so Picard seems to be breaking that way a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, "Oh, okay, so now it's this thing." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Like nobody's in real life has a crisis after crisis after crisis that they have to solve. Like it's, true. it's just not the way life works. It's true. Thankfully. Although expanse is a little bit like that. But well, that's true too. Although mm. such so well written. It that, is so uh, well written. And the stories, they, they do really layer on. There's multi-year arcs. Now don't tell me, really don't tell me, but right now I am, I am obsessed with the question. 
who's going to kill Marco and Eros. <laughs> I don't want to know who does it or if, and even if it happens, but right now I'm just like, I cannot wait to see. So you must be in season five. I am. Who takes out Marco? No, that is, I must a, know. it is, uh, it is well, well done. I'm sure, but I just, I, I can't wait. Anyhow. So I'm, uh, uh, that's what I've been consuming. What about you? Well, um, I, I too have been watching Picard. There's only two episodes out so right. far. Um, I've enjoyed that. Although and you saw Batman, you told me. I saw Batman yeah. last night. Or and I guess it's the Batman this time. The Batman. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I have to say, I thought that, uh, that Robert, Robert Patterson did an exceptional job. He, uh, and it's, uh, it's way more than I expected, I guess. Uh, it, like it's. I tried, I tried to explain it to my wife. So you have kind of the campy Batman from the fifties. And then when Michael Keaton did it, it was significantly darker and a dark tone. Very much the way the comic from the seventies and eighties and nineties. That's right. And then, and then it kind of went a little campy and yeah. with uh, Joel Schumacher and with Mr. Frost. Oh no, yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin. They were just yeah, <laughs> terrible. They were terrible. And then and then when Chris Nolan got involved, there was this this like huge step to make Batman dark again. Yep, and it was well done, Christian Bale. Like Batman. Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean that was. That was well done. People die. It was it was exceptionally well done. Yep. Um, and you know, it's a three three part trilogy. Right. And then I think this the Batman, you kind of with the Chris Nolan one, you're going like nobody's gonna out Chris Nolan. Yeah. Chris Nolan. <laughs> Matt Reeves absolutely That's out, right. out Chris Nolan, Chris Nolan. Like there is like it's a beautifully shot, it's incredibly lit. The storytelling is it, it, I mean, it's a three-hour movie, but you're there like it blows by. It does. There's no point yeah. in time you're sitting going like, "When is this going to be no, over?" No, no. And um, the performances are phenomenal. I was a little tiny yeah. confused at the very end. I'll probably try and figure out exactly what happened because there's there's one part that I'm a little confused about. Yeah. But uh, but. The story was so well told and you had no idea where it was going That's right. for the whole yeah. thing. Right. Like yeah. you're sitting going like, where is it going? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it's definitely true to the, I mean, Batman f- throughout, throughout history has been one of the big things. He's a detective. That's like, right. Like he's not an official detective, but he, he he's is the world's greatest, world's detective. greatest detective. Right. So he is figures things out and he's supposed to be super smart so it's not about superpowers right. or yeah, and, yeah and it's exactly. a little bit about gadgets but not really about gadgets that's right and so uh, they really went back to the pure the pure and, and film noir figuring out yeah. what the hell is going on being like one step ahead yeah and uh it was it was really good apparently so and unlike the MCU universe where at the end of the movie, there's like these extra trailers at the end of Batman. There's just at the very, very end. Did you yes. see the very, very yes, end? Yes, we did. Yeah. So the very end, it just, it says like goodbye and a question mark. And yeah. then there's a, apparently there's a flash and apparently in the flash gives you a link to the same website that is identified in the, that's what I saw during the, during the yeah. show. Um, there's a point in time when, they figure out a website that yep. they need to go to and uh you can go to that and then there's you if you go there there's some there are riddles that come up and oh, if you okay. answer the riddles correctly you see something up. but i don't know what it is interesting so, so uh i Fun. will probably maybe i'll try and see if i can figure that out for next week <laughs> i'm not always that good at riddles right like <laughs> right but anyway um and the other thing i've been watching is this this TV, this TV show from Australia on Netflix, uh, Netflix or Prime? I think it's Prime. It's uh, it's called The Tourist. Oh, I and think I it saw is. Uh, I didn't watch the show, but I think I saw the the ad for it. There's been ads. It's uh, it's really good. Like, I mean, it uses a very classic, uh, very classic trope, which is guy wakes up and can't remember anything oh, okay. about who he is or what right. he is and then he's trying to discover that sure um this is definitely so he's like a tourist in his own life well it's point. like uh it's like memento without the tattoos okay right <laughs> except uh 
I haven't gotten far enough in that. I, this is not a question of him not being able to remember, remember ever. This is he got injured and had a brain injury. And right. Can't remember who he is. Interesting. And is not sure that he likes what he finds out. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else? You, uh, yeah. You, I found a new YouTuber. Well, actually, he's not a YouTuber. He's on YouTube. He's an economist. I never heard of before, and I'm not sure I like him yet. <laughs> He's an old guy now. He's about Jordan Peterson. Oh God, no, no. This guy's name is Thomas Sowell, and he's an African American economist who I guess has been well known for years. I'm new to him, and just popped up in my feed, and I haven't quite figured out if he's a conservative. I I suspect he's conservative. In in the old school way, like uh, economic, or... yeah. But why I'm fascinated with him, I'm not going to say I like him, but I'm fascinated because his position on things really is forcing me to think. Like he he's he deconstructs things a little bit like Ray Dalio. There's a bunch of guys that do that, and um, so he's talking about he has a, a a little essay on abortion. I'd never considered certain elements of it. He talks a lot about things like affirmative action and, and, you know, he feels the misguidedness of sort of modern academia, the woke culture uh, and where it has unintended consequences. So mm. quite conservative, but like I said, maybe not ideologically conservative, but more um, logically conservative. So I'm, I'm saying I haven't quite, it's making me uncomfortable and usually I consume a lot of stuff that's already aligned with my thinking. So I'm, I'm quite finding this to be a challenge because like, holy, I never thought of it that way. And like, isn't that an interesting angle? So I'm not quite bought in yet, but obviously uh, uh, a well-established, like he's taught at Stanford and he's mm. in, in certain circles. I'm going to Wikipedia him, but he's a very well-known uh, uh, academic or, you know, uh, intellectual, but making me uncomfortable, which I think is a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Thomas Sowell. Okay. Uh, so let's wrap it up yep. for this week. A little longer than usual, but that's okay. Number 42 uh, in Episode the can. 42 yeah. in the can. Next week will be 43. 43. Um, I think uh, I was thinking we could talk about um, your best business decision best ever. Best business decision ever? Yeah. Sounds good. Well, that sounds good. Okay. Then we'll do, then we'll do the worst. We'll do the worst. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe we'll do both. Okay, let's do sure. both. Best and worst decisions Best ever. Best and worst. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for this week. If you're new to the channel, rate, review, subscribe, particularly on iTunes. Helps Send us, us get mail. Uh, we are getting a lot more downloads, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Send um, us uh, your thoughts. Connect to podcast at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page where we will post links every week yeah. to things that we discuss, right provided on. I can find something relevant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I probably don't have anything about 14-year-olds jumping off a cobblestone no, wall. I'll send you a link or two to some of this guy's uh, videos, though. Sounds great. Right on. Okay. Take care. Yeah, yeah you bet. Bye. Okay, bye.